0: morning, um, I might invite you, if it feels comfortable, to find um, two different prayer postures. If your body will allow, that you might just have your hands open. Or if it feels right to place your hands upon your heart. Oh Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You are a good God, and you are a perfect God, and you are a loving God, and you are a merciful God, and you are a gracious God. You are a God who breathes into us grace and love that we might reflect your image. And God, because all that you know how to do is good, you are also a trustworthy God. Lord, sometimes we come into this place, we come having had weeks where we've been disappointed. Disappointed by the people we work with. Sometimes, God, disappointed by the people who say that they love us. And you're supposed to show up for us. And God, when we get still and we're honest with ourselves, there are moments when we have disappointed ourselves. And so it can become so difficult to figure out where we need to place our anchors. It can become so difficult to know whose hand we can hold and not falter. God, sometimes it becomes so difficult to know who we can open up our hearts to. But we have just sung as those who believe that we can build our very lives on your love because it is a firm foundation. We have just sung like those who believe that we can put our trust in you because you are a God who is unwavering and you cannot be shaken. So Lord, might you receive this courageous act of our worship with our hands open or our hands on our hearts as a gesture that this day, oh God, we are leaning in. Believing that the things right now that we are whispering to you, that maybe we feel like we cannot trust to whisper to anyone on this earth. That Lord, you hear us and that you will act on our behalf. God, I realize this is a very simple prayer. Not a lot of highs and not a lot of lows. But God, I account that what we are doing at the Southeast Raleigh table is not a puny prayer. <laughs> because it is one where we we speak of our trust in you. So Lord, would you meet us in this place? Would you remind us that you are... God, who is with us, and that your witness cannot be compromised. So that even if we come with small faith, as our dear Sister Reverend Donna Coltrane Battle might say, we bring to you, that it might be our just enough. That you might know that we have come here, O oh Lord, believing that you will not leave us empty. That you will not leave us or forsake us. That we place our trust and promise anchored in you. We pray all of this in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. So over the course of the last... um, two weeks uh, we have leaned into the stories of um, those who are surrounding the birth narrative of Jesus and most specifically over the last two weeks we have leaned into the stories of Zachariah who will be the father of John the Baptist who will be the cousin of Jesus who will go before Jesus proclaiming that Jesus is the Messiah on the first week that we met Zachariah Zachariah has this moment in the temple where um, the angel comes with such great good news that Zechariah cannot believe it and leaves with the waiting hymn of silence. Then, last week, after the birth of John, Zechariah bursts out with a holy outburst proclaiming the goodness of God because the fulfillment of God's promise had been known in Zechariah's life. This morning, though, we are going to highlight one of the characters that has been in the background of Zechariah's story, which is his wife, Elizabeth which I think it is so beautiful that um, our worship team, the person who led us this morning, her name is also Elizabeth. Yeah. yeah. Zachariah isn't the only one who has awaiting him in the midst of this fulfilled promise in um, Zachariah's life, but Elizabeth, who is Zachariah's wife, who carries the promise, also has a song to sing. And so this morning, we're going to lean into her words because she is not going to now be, put in the corner like baby instead she is going to be front and center in our story she has a song that i hope we too might sing a song about mary jesus's mother today's um, theme in the ark of advent is one of rejoicing despite what might be our present circumstances and i feel like elizabeth's song of praise very much speaks to that but in addition to elizabeth's song of praise there's something else in this passage of scripture that i hope each and every one of us will also lean into it is an embodied practice that speaks of a gift that jesus is for us but also a gift that we can be for one another So as Sierra comes to read um, this beautiful passage of scripture, may you hear these words, not just with your human ears, but also with the ears of your heart.
1: The scripture lesson is from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zachariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. And after
0: all of this that Sierra has so beautifully read, Mary also sings a song of praise. And then it says to us in scripture that Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months. Mary stayed with Elizabeth. For three months let me tell you what I love as an extrovert I love a head nod and a point <laughs> listen I can be in a crowded room or I can be out and about but if someone gives me I'm like okay you see me if you add a okay or okay Lisa And in the year of our Lord 2020 on Instagram, I got the greatest virtual head nod and also point when my dear friend Michelle LaVon Robinson Obama had a post on Instagram and I slid up under the comments and offered up my profundity and Michelle Obama, wherever she was, liked my comments. Because Mishi and I are that close, I could hear her wherever she was saying, I see you, Lisa Yeboah. We cannot deny that there is power in acknowledgement. We cannot deny that there is power in recognition. We cannot deny whenever we walk into a space or a room and we feel as though we are seen and we are not invisible, we cannot deny that there is something really powerful about that. And that's the crux of this particular passage of Scripture in Luke's Gospel. It's known as the visitation when Mary goes to be with Elizabeth. And it says that when... Mary comes into Elizabeth and Zachariah's home. And when Elizabeth hears Mary's greeting, literally, hey, hey, Elizabeth, (laughs) that in utero, John the Baptist gives a point and a head nod. (laughs) And then Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, the passage of Scripture says, a deep knowing, a supernatural sense. And then Elizabeth also then joins her voice in response to Mary's greeting and also to the promise within her who has noticed who Mary is. Because then Elizabeth says, blessed are you among all women. That's something, of uh, all women, blessed are you among women. For there is something special about the fruit of this promise that is within you. Then Elizabeth continues, and who am I that you would come, that literally the mother of God would have proximity to my life, that the one who is called the Theotokos, the, the house of God, would come near to my house, that the one who is literally bearing salvation and mercy and glory and majesty might be in my house. <laughs> Blessed are you. And then you come to see me. And then Elizabeth says this, and blessed are you because you believe this good, too good to be news, too good to be true news. Michelle, help me, too good to be true news. (laughs) That you, Mary, who see yourself in lowest state, might have such an encounter with the divine. That for generations, you would be known as the mother of God. And you believed it. Blessed are you. Mary, I see you. Mary, and I see the promise in you. So I'm going to recognize you. that this divine encounter, you are seen. That in this moment when you are carrying good news, but maybe news that is incomprehensible to others, you have not been overlooked. Now, I could take us down a whole road about how women in particular create space for each other to not feel overlooked and to feel seen. I mean, if you notice in the birth narratives, except for the angel saying something to uh, Mary or the angels um, or promises coming to Elizabeth, there are not male voices that are like, ooh, Elizabeth. Or for Mary, oh my gosh, Mary, beyond the voices of the angels. But one of the things about Luke's gospel is that Luke oftentimes centers and highlights the very individuals that the empire did not center or highlight. Even Elizabeth's barrenness was considered her fault. So when you hear this, that Elizabeth was once barren, it is not to say, oh my gosh, and do you feel sorry for her? It's actually for you to be like, what did you do, Elizabeth, to create this situation? Nobody was looking at Zachariah, but we know, I mean, you could look at Zachariah. You're like, Zach. It's not to take away from the difficulty of the moment, it's just simply to say to place all of that. And here it is that these two women have an encounter where there's power in this acknowledgement and this recognition that something didn't just happen to them. Oh, these women got you know impregnated, something has happened to them, but that they also get to be active agents where they get to say, I see the divine, the fulfillment of promise that is happening through you. Maybe um, their acknowledgement of one another is this beautiful hint to the ways in which their sons are going to take up residence in the world, but actually their mothers show them what the sons are going to do. Because John the Baptist is going to say that one, that one who has come after me, actually is the one who is before me. I am not worthy even to untie his sandals. His mama might have told him a little something about recognizing somebody. And Mary, who is literally holding on to the one who is the son of God and the son of man, Who's going to give birth to a child who is in a stable that John's going to recognize just because he was born in a manger doesn't mean this one cannot also take up residence within you. That the one that was in Mary was going to also say, look at these folks. Maybe the empire doesn't center them in their bodies and who they are because of their brokenness, or because of what they've done, or because people say that you're in or you're out. Because because here's here's the thing. The power of recognition is one of the first miracles, I would say, in this particular passage of scripture. But the head knot and the point is accompanied by another miracle that I hope you will hold on to this morning's Southeast Raleigh table. Because it's an embodied practice of Advent that these two beautiful women are going to like teach us how to lean into. That after we give the head nod and the point to power in our lives, the power that will save us. These two women also give us the Advent practice of waiting with one another. There is also a miracle of Mary waiting with Elizabeth and Elizabeth waiting with Mary. These two women find themselves in exceptional situations. That's going to be the nice term. In exceptional situations. Elizabeth is of age and yet now she is pregnant. Mary has been told by an angel, by the way, the Messiah of the world, (laughs) going to come through you, Mary. Mary, did you know? You know? And in these exceptional situations, the embodied practice that we get in the midst of these waiting hymns that they sing is that they see each other, but they also wait with each other. At a time in their lives, as one scholar would say, they are carrying unbearable news, incomprehensible news. They chose to be physically with each other. For three months, Mary stayed with Elizabeth. And while we have no details about what happened when they were with each other, here's what I know, friends. As a person who has waited with someone who is about to die, as a person who has waited for folks to get the phone call, it's one thing to wait by yourself. It's another thing to get to wait with somebody. When you waited for the diagnosis, who waited with you? When you were in the hospital, who waited with you? When you waited for the acceptance letter, who waited with you? After the breakup, who waited with you? When you lost your job, who waited with you? In the summer of 2020, who waited with you? said and embodied practice literally in your life you will not be alone because i see you and i'm not just going to do a head nod and a point and you're not going to just come and head nod and point and then we go our separate ways but i'm going to come because i see something in you i'm also going to be with Here is the good news of this particular passage of scripture. And I had never recognized these words until preparing for this Sunday. It says that Mary makes haste to get to her cousin Elizabeth. That word haste, Mary's hustling to get to her cousin is the same haste that is used when the shepherds now need to go and tell it on the mountain, you know? It's the same like, oh my goodness, something has happened. We now need to go and run and tell that. Which means that when Mary heard the news of her cousin Elizabeth having to carry this unbearable news, Mary said, I got to get to Elizabeth. Elizabeth recognizes Mary, Mary who is the mother of God. But here's the thing, Mary, the mother of God, also recognizes Elizabeth and takes off to wait with Elizabeth for not one month, not two months, three months to be with her. Like mother, like son of God, son of man, Emmanuel, God who was with us. (laughs) Mir was really good at that. Elizabeth was really good at that. But you know what I also believe? We who bear the image of God. Who look like the son of god and the son of man probably have in our lifetime had someone who waited with us but also in your lifetime you probably have waited with somebody else that in this advent season when we're singing all these songs and we're trying to come up with all this holiday cheer there are people around us who cannot bear to wait alone They have no song to sing. They have no words to belt out. They're tired of trying to drum it up. And I don't know if I am looking at someone right now in this space who needs to make haste and make one of your advent practices you actually waiting with someone. Or maybe this morning you recognize, I have no song to sing. I cannot drum up cheer. I fail to find the words. I wanna believe that there is someone in this space who will sing a waiting hymn for you. Maybe when we wait with each other, Like Langston Hughes once said in Passing Love, because you are to me a song. Sometimes when we wait with others, we are the song. And when someone comes to wait with us, they are a song. May it be so. Recognize and as we wait, let us pray. God, when Hagar has an encounter with you in the wilderness. Feeling as though she's at the point of death in the midst of dire circumstances. You will oh God give her the head nod and the point and you recognize her. And for that Hagar calls you the God who sees. God, you also take up residence within us so that when others are finding themselves in wilderness, when others find themselves in despairing places, we might be the people who see. And gracious God, because it is your way, To say that anyone who is weary or needs rest. That we can come to you. But also Lord, because you're the hound of heaven, you also come to us. May it be that if on this day, O oh Lord. That we find ourselves with no song to sing. That maybe someone in this place or before we place our heads on the pillow this night, there might be a friend who will see us, who will acknowledge us, who will wait with us. We pray this, O God, in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, a God who is with us. Amen.